If I have a chance to be out in nature, I take it. When I think about taking care of myself physically, I can't think of better things than breathing fresh air, feeling the warm sun on my face, occasionally working up a sweat or an elevated heart rate. A cold and rainy days might put a damper on things, but not much else, even insect bites or scrapes or bruises. Quite frankly, they're worth it if you get the view. The added bonus is how nature affects my spiritual being. In my very best moments in nature, I've had a sense of awe that ties me back to something much greater than myself. Whatever obsession I have with my problems and concerns fades into gratitude and appreciation for all that is, and for that brief moment I have to be a part of it. One of my best moments in nature was a little over 10 years ago. I was on an outdoor summer adventure with my son, hiking and exploring the Black Hills of South Dakota. After a strenuous wilderness hike, I stood atop Black Elk Peak, seemingly suspended on a stone thimble thousands of feet above a vastness that dwarfed the man-made Mount Rushmore nearby. Mount Rushmore is unforgettable in its own right, but somehow meek and lacking in comparison to the natural beauty I experienced on that peak. It was a nearly incomprehensible sense of connection to something much greater than myself. Black Elk was a Lakota Sioux shaman. He described his own experience on that very peak this way. I was standing on the highest mountain of them all, and round about beneath me was the whole hoop of the world, and while I stood there I saw more than I can tell, and I understood more than I saw, for I was seeing in a sacred manner the shapes of all things in the spirit, and the shape of all shapes as they must live together like one being. My belief is that every human being has the same experience when thrown into nature. Even though we come from a wide variety of faiths, denominations, and experience a wide range of spiritual rituals, I'm not talking about the drive-in experience, parking to walk a mile to the overlook, passing the restrooms and vending machines along the way. I'm talking about walking deep into the woods where no one else could hear us if we screamed, where our cell phones no longer get a signal. We are challenged physically by the terrain. We cannot exit the ride like we can in a theme park. We're forced to confront our darkest fears of injury or untimely death. Ultimately, we acknowledge a life force so far beyond our own capabilities that we're humbled into accepting our own frailty, no matter how highly we thought of ourselves or how confident we were in our abilities when we entered. But we spend less and less time in nature, partly because we're better off economically, but also because technology has advanced so rapidly. Like most people, I enjoy the warmth and protection of my home on an icy winter day. I enjoy the ready access to information afforded by the internet and processing speeds that make me more efficient in my work life. But for many, nature's access through technology in the most cursory, non-experiential way. The strenuous trek through the Black Elk Wilderness to the tip of Black Elk Peak is now replaced by a mouse click or command to Google Earth. We're at once suddenly there, but not there and the vastness of it all with the same depth of meaning and insights to the ways of all creation is connected. The virtual experience may create a yearning for some that is experienced later, but for many it's as far as they will go. Some may buy the t-shirt or bumper sticker online anyway to make it as real as possible. Sometimes I wonder if, based on what's available virtually, one could even carry on a credible discussion on it for some period of time, as if it had really happened. Our connection with the natural world is a deep subconscious experience and pops up in the strangest places, places that seemingly have absolutely nothing to do with physical nature. We use natural terms as metaphor because we believe that they will be universally understood by human beings, even those who have never had a transformational experience in nature. 
All manner of human achievement is couched in physical terms such as summits, peak experiences, climbing mountains, or even ordeals, which is ancient talk for very scary experiences in nature that transform and define the person. The spiritual basis of the terminology lends itself to missional, aspirational work that requires deep motivation and fortitude. Leaders in every walk of life use these terms regularly to inspire and motivate, knowing that the relationship of humanity to nature will always inspire because we are fully and equally part of it. It's no surprise that leaders also incorporate physical principles into their daily speech. It is not unusual to hear leaders stress the need for momentum, leveraging certain things, or expressing concern about too much leverage. Leaders are typically concerned about friction in their organizations. Some find value in healthy tension. Leaders preach energy and connectivity. Some leaders, in the face of change or injustice, stress resistance, a measurable physical phenomenon. The words themselves can be useful. They place people in the physical realm where mystery and majesty reside. I am sure that in most cases the words create a mystique around the task at hand that's likely to create engagement. At the same time, I wonder if the terms are overused, misunderstood, or used in situations that are not entirely appropriate. It diminishes their effectiveness. The shallow experience of many leaders with the physical principles may make the words hollow and ineffective. Like the desktop nature enthusiasts, are we happy with the bumper sticker and t-shirt when we have never really been there? Or when we approach our work in whatever field it might be, do we desire most of all something magnificent that inspires awe and wonderment? My imagination runs wild when I consider leaders who have a depth of experience and understanding of physical principles and can impart them to their organizations. I've known people in the science realm who scoff at the applicability of physical principles to the mundane realm of business. Some feel even stronger than that. One principle that seems universally desirable to organizations is momentum. Momentum seemingly makes everything easier, blasting all obstacles in an object's path. Can the momentum we observe in rocket ships and avalanches apply equally well to organizations with vision and missions? Many years ago, I had a business relationship with a short-line railroad operator. Based in the heart of the Tennessee Valley Authority power grid, his dream was to land a contract for a weekly unit freight train of coal. Railroading may be the ultimate momentum business. He did the math for me. A unit train of coal would consist of 120 cars of 120 tons each of coal, nearly 15,000 tons, plus the weight of the cars. That is nearly 7,000 times heavier than an average automobile. I imagined the momentum of that payload lumbering through the West Virginia hills at 30 to 45 miles an hour. It gave a whole new meaning to staying on track with your business plan. I wondered ever since what businesses with that kind of momentum would do to their industries. These ideas have been on my mind for some time. I needed to come to terms with the fundamental question. Is it even valid to speak of organizations in physical terms? To speak of momentum when one is intent on simply being manipulative is disturbing to me as is speaking of leverage when one simply desires to overwork people and create stress and anxiety. Deep down, I wanted to find a legitimate connection because I firmly believed that the case could be made. Countless business owners could follow a simple equation to build powerful organizations that do remarkable things. I felt an urgency to work through this idea that I've never felt before. I turned to an old friend named Marcus Mendenhall.
The Physics Podcast is a production of Physics LLC, all rights reserved. Audio effects courtesy of freesound.org. Music by Oi Maldonado. Visit our website at www.physics.com.